Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, I mean, it's, like I said, it's it's tough going out there knowing you're throwing one inning, but, uh, you know, tough when you do it in nine pitches or whatever, too, that, um, you know, there's not a whole lot of room to work. That's Paul Skeens talking about his one inning of work yesterday. The only starter that was not earmarked for two innings for the Pirates this spring training, Paul Skeens. Jason Mackey said earlier in the show that he has been, so far, the most impressive starting pitcher for the Bucks. And we're talking about small sample sizes. Even Mitch Keller only threw two innings. Coming up in about 20 minutes, we're going to get into what Omar Khan had to say yesterday at the NFL Scouting Combine. But I am fascinated with this Paul Skeen stuff. He looks that good, according to a guy who's been on the beat for a long time in Jason Mackey. Yet there's almost zero consideration, I think even from the fan base, Storin, that this guy will be up before June. Why? When you're trying to win, if he's that impressive, continues to be that impressive, why? Even if he's on an innings limit. I'd rather that guy be up here, like a couple weeks after the season starts, taking the ball every fifth day, trying to help you win, then blowing away triple A hitters, which I think is what we all assume he'll do anyway. I I understand the dynamics of why um that they'll most likely not bring him up. I mean, we kinda understand the Super Two, all that stuff. But if I am thinking in a business sense, is my why why not to bring him up? You bring him up and start him off, like that's putting butts in the seat. Yes, it is. It's selling jerseys. It's selling bobbleheads, it's selling bats, it's selling, you know, it's selling food. I mean, you will make your bang for your buck if that guy is up here and people go to PNC Park every fifth day and watch him play. That is kind of where I stand with why not. It's not really anything else. It's just the fact that his being being up in Major League Baseball for the Pittsburgh Pirates and wearing that jersey and running out there in PNC Park. I want to. I personally want to go to a game a games to see him pitch. Yeah, you're not probably as excited for Quinn Priester or no. Alonzi Contreras no. or Luis Ortiz no. or the two lefties they no. acquired this offseason no. or even Mitch Keller. You've no. seen him before. Yeah. Exactly. 
<laughs> That's my one reason why not to bring him up. Pony and Muller made a really good point yesterday. If you go, and I'm, I'm taking this from them because it was really smart. You go into the glossary section of MLB.com and explain service time to you. It's one thing I think baseball really needs to work on is is helping their fans be literate on all of this stuff, arbitration, pre-arbitration, this, that, and the other thing. If he's up on the big league club, one of the 26 guys on the roster, for fewer than 172 days, you basically get a free year out of Paul Skins. Mm-hmm. So it would actually be really dumb for them to have him on the opening day roster. It would be really dumb, I think, as well, to not have him up in mid-April. Because he helps you win, you have a need, he puts butts in seats. The only concern then is the innings limit, but Mackey was talking about the difference in, in pitching high-stress innings at the major league level compared to pitching at AAA and how they would say, yeah, it's harder to pitch at the major league level. I, I don't know about that. I, I don't know that I buy that. I think there's a nerves element that might be different, but Skeens told the guys yesterday when he was on with the PM team, he's nervous before every start. That's just how it goes. Like, there are famous players that throw up before every yeah. game. Like, nerves are real. But do the nerves mean that there's extra strain on the arm? I think it's all about torque. I think it's about lower body strength. I think it's about how much your elbow can take. I think an inning's an inning. I think a pitch is a pitch. I think every curveball is created equal. I think every fastball is created equal. Like, it, Explain to me why it wouldn't be. So, I want the bulk, if he's only going to throw 150 or so innings, of those innings to be here at the Major League level. Give him a little warm-up act in AAA. But get him up here. Let's go. I don't I don't mean to keep doing this, but, I mean, the devil's advocate part of that is the mental side of it. And, you know, what happened to Rowanzi, like, you're, you're risking him going out there and not being good and then get, going into the tank early in his career. Yeah. And not being able to figure out a way to get out of it. I think that's a different thing, but I think it is a valid point. Well, a part of outside of just pitches. Correct. Like, like I, I think they would put him on a pitch limit because they're obviously concerned about the the elbow injuries yes. and getting Tommy John. Yeah, they're worried about the physical. There is the mental element, though. Like, if he comes up and is not quote-unquote ready, even though we all assume he's ready, and he fails, and now you set him down to AAA, and what does that do for his psyche? And, yeah, I mean, I do get that. I also think a guy that goes 1-1 and absolutely shoved in the best conference in college baseball and was doing it in the College World Series, like I think that guy's going to be fine mentally. Not to mention he was able to ask Livy Dunn out, and she said yes, and he wasn't too nervous to do that. Confident. Confident young man. Mm-hmm. I do keep coming back, though, too. Like, maybe the most likely thing that, that happens is he probably is going to come up in June. Because there is that Super 2 moving target deadline. Let's say he throws, I don't even know what a good number is, through two months. Like 10 starts, something like that. And if he's going five innings a start, we're talking about 50 innings. He has 100 to give it to Major League level. If they're in a playoff race, how careful are they going to be with that? And how much does it really help whenever you have an innings limit? Like, I've seen it both ways. Some guys blow their arms out, some guys don't. He doesn't strike me, though, as as a guy that, like, Tim Lincecum. Tim Lincecum was all legs, arms, delivery, and it looked like he was putting so much effort behind every single pitch he threw. Dontrell Willis. Guys like that. Doesn't it look like Paul Skeens is free and easy hitting 102? 
Like, doesn't he look like he almost does it yeah. with no effort? With, with no effort. There's, but there will be effort. Oh, no doubt. But, like, there are some guys that are just, like, his body type is so that he's got this clean and easy delivery, and he's just so strong that, bang, the ball explodes out of his hand. Like, some power pitchers, they throw their arms out. Others, like Garrett Cole, don't. And I'm not sure we have been able to pinpoint the why on that, but it just... He doesn't strike me as a guy, and this might be really stupid and naive, it doesn't strike me as a guy that, like, every pitch he's laboring through. Like, Rich Hill, every time he threw, oh! Hey, 47 years oh, old! Oh! <laughs> it just doesn't, it just doesn't seem that way for It just him. pops off his hand. Yeah. Uh, if you can give me an estimate, and maybe we don't know this answer, and Beck told you need to listen to this as well, it's a question. Yeah, listen up, Bex. What we got? What is the percentage of... One ones in Major League Baseball that start on opening day rosters. Oh, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't like, happen a lot. No, not a lot. Right? I, I think there's only been like one or two occasions at all that, that it's happened and, ever. And the ever. comparable guy, the comparable guy who who is there's always been that that line drawn to is Strasburg, mm-hmm. and he pitched like ten games at AAA, right, or ten minor league games, something like that. I'm gonna look up the exact number because somebody tweeted us and said that you can get compensation for starting. Skeens opening day. Well, what they get compensation for is, let's say you do start him opening day, yep. whatever, first day of the year, that if he wins rookie of the year, maybe it's top two in rookie of the year, you get a first round draft pick back. But, yeah, but you have to start him opening day? Yeah, and you won't get that extra year of club control, but you get a first round draft pick. So what you have I'll to do is, that. do you weigh the extra year of Skeens or do you want another first round draft pick? I would take the extra year of skeins, I would think. Mm. this. So people talk about the economics of baseball and how small market clubs, it's an uphill battle. It's not unlike what we see in college football with the NIL, college basketball with the NIL, and there's the haves and the have-nots. I think they're very similar. Not enough people talk about this, this stupid Super 2 stuff and the fact that it should be gone. If you want an evener playing field, or more even, there's English for you, a more even playing field, get rid of crap like that. And incentivize teams to start players earlier mm-hmm. because small market teams, like every team takes advantage of the service time stuff. It's the big market teams that have a different view on the Super 2 stuff than teams like the Pirates. They don't need it. Yeah, because when it gets to arbitration, so so what? They probably would have signed them to a deal anyhow before that. They're not worried about arbitration. But shouldn't you want to incentivize your lesser quote-unquote clubs, your smaller market clubs, to actually bring guys up? So you don't have to wait for June. Isn't it the best thing for them? Isn't it the best thing for the sport? Hell yeah, it is. So I don't even, I've never actually blamed teams for waiting on the Super 2 thing when they're in the, like the pirate shoes or like the red shoes. I've never blamed them. That's just the economics. That's the sport. That's the way it is. But I, I wish the sport were different. That's all. If Skeens is one of your best five, you bring him up in April. That's a different conversation. But they absolutely should do that, and they're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. 412-928-9370. The text line is brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. It's 9-12. Time to call Shenerovich, Shenerovich and Fishman. Why pay 40% when you can pay 25%? Call 888-98-TWINS. I think... Omar Khan said something yesterday that got completely swept under the rug because he spent so much time talking about the quarterbacks. He doesn't believe in aliens. No, he didn't say that. We also do have a long list. Thank you for reminding me. A long list of texts to read 
of things that people don't believe that are just widely accepted truths. We'll read some of those over the course of the next hour as well. But something Omar Khan said yesterday that nobody seems to be talking about, we'll talk about coming up next. First, it's a Becky fan headline. Pens lost 2-0 to Seattle last night. Still 7th place in the Metro, 62 points overall. That's one back of Washington for 6th, two back of the Islanders and the New Jersey Devils tied for 4th, and also 7 back of the Philadelphia Flyers for the final spot in the Metropolitan Division to be able to clinch a playoff spot. The Penguins are also 8 points back of the Tampa Bay Lightning for the final wild card spot in the East. The four-game road trip continues tomorrow, 10 o'clock against the Calgary Flames. Also, Pitt basketball plays tomorrow at 6 o'clock at Boston College. Hear it right here on 93.7 The Fan beginning at 5.30 and also on your Odyssey app. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open. For more, go to 93.7thefan.com. Tweet us at underscore Adam Crowley at Scorendoran. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Fan Morning Show brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. Last segment was kind of a slog, now that I think about it. Like, there's so much mind-numbing, tedious stuff to go through when you're talking about arbitration and service time as it relates to Major League Baseball. And halfway through the segment, I'm going, man, like, can we not just make it simple? Yeah. It's so much easier in the other sports. Well, you said it wasn't easier in football now because they keep changing rules. Well, there's that. But, like, you draft a quarterback, he plays day one. <laughs> like, whoa. Or you sit him on the bench and he grows for a year like Patrick Mahomes. But, like, that's easy to understand. We draft guy, he's member of team. Do you think uh, – uh, to get deeper in this Yeah, let's. why not? Let's keep leaning in. Do you think if, if the NFL had a minor league system, like, within the NFL, that we would see more – players that get drafted in the first round start in minor leagues and then go to the NFL. There is a former NFL scout that I am pretty good friends with. And he said that if he were God for a day, he would not help world hunger. He would not, I don't know, any of that kind of stuff. He would create up a minor league for football. Mm -hmm. Because there are guys, there's a ton of guys, I think, that wind up on practice squads that don't get enough time right. to prove themselves. Like Patrick Mahomes is a, a, a situation. Like, they had Alex Smith. Patrick Mahomes would have started in the minor leagues. Yeah. Because he didn't play. You would and have. He needs to play, and he, he would get playing time. Yeah. Like, Kenny Pickett, probably same kind of deal, yep. even though he was quote-unquote pro-ready compared yep. to the other guys. Like he, My scout friend said, like, you would, the Steelers would have a minor league team in, like, Morgantown or something. You'd borrow college stadiums yep. or, or whatever. And you would have that coaching staff run the same exact system on offense and defense, the same core principles. I mean, it's the same thing you do in 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 hockey. But yeah, there's there definitely would be room and interest for that. And maybe you could even how about how's this how's this one for you, Dorn? XFL, USFL, you do tie-ins that way, something like that. I mean, the NFL would want to make money off of these things too, no doubt. But yeah, I think there'd be a place for that. And I think it'd be fairly popular. It, of course it would be popular. Yeah, because like we just talked about it, like even with Skeens, like you would know the guys that are playing in the minor leagues better than, you know, I mean, not to shoot down the XFL or the, the UFL, now they're together, the UFL, I guess it is. But Sorry, Doug. You know, some of the guys in there you just don't know. Like they're not, you know, they're guys that have been on practice squads for a while. They're five years of playing football and, you know, were they a first-round pick? They probably were a fifth-round pick or not even drafted. Like, you would get first-round picks that you would watch on Saturdays that got to the NFL 
and say the Dallas Cowboys drafted, you know, um, Michael Penix Jr. You'd be able to watch Michael Penix Jr. because he'd be a backup to Dak Prescott, but within the minor league system, and you would know and have familiarity with the player. Yeah, it'd be it'd be young guys trying to prove themselves, guys that you did believe in that weren't quite ready, projects, dudes like that. Whereas the USFL and the XFL, and to an extent, you know, the Canadian Football League have, are really reclamation project leagues. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys wind mm-hmm. up going there like Martavis Bryant or Josh Gordon, mm-hmm. to show that they can still play. 412-928-9370. That's the phone number. That's also the text line. We've asked people to, because of this Texas Tech kid at the NFL Scouting Combine that doesn't believe in space, we've asked people to text us some things that they don't believe in that are wide-held belief beliefs, like wide-held facts. And I should have known this was coming. A lot of political stuff. Yes. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of conspiracy theories out there that we can't read. We just don't want to go down that path on the air. Like someone texted in and said space is fake. We, we send billionaires up to the outskirts of space every day now, don't we? Do we? I think so. Maybe. You can't tell me you're one of those space deniers. I just, I don't know. Space is real. Thanks, but, what, but what is space? Who came up with space? I mean, we do know who came up with space, but why are they right that space is space? And why is there the difference between outer space and, like, we take up space in the realm of the world? I think those are just... Because one's outer space, and that's what the Inner space? Were... Yeah. Yeah, I'm dumb. <laughs> you know who takes up space? Broderick Jones. Mm-hmm. Omar Khan spoke yesterday. He had a death in the family. We feel bad for Omar. We hope everything's going okay with him. He was supposed to talk earlier on in this week, but he finally made his way out to the NFL Combine yesterday. He talked about the Steelers quarterback situation, but he also talked about Broderick Jones, and he said that Broderick Jones will move to left tackle, dot, 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 eventually. He said when that is, time will tell, but he was drafted to be a left tackle. And I could see this being something that perturbs and angers Steelers fans. Like, I, I know a lot of us, we've talked about it, wanted him to be their left tackle really day one this year. Broderick Jones was drafted as your franchise left tackle, and instead they benched Chooks on the right side, and we are stuck with Dan Moore Jr. every day at left tackle. I'm okay if he's your right tackle if you draft a left tackle in the first round. Yeah. But that's about the only way I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. If when he says eventually, he means they still have enough faith in Dan Moore Jr. to be their left tackle, he should be, not literally, but maybe figuratively, slapped upside the head. There are two legitimate left tackles in this draft. If one of them falls to the Steelers at 20, you take that guy, he's your left tackle, you know Broderick can do it at right tackle. Any other tackle they draft, Broderick's your left, insert name here is your right, but it can't be Dan Moore Jr., man. He graded out as one of the worst left tackles in the entirety of the National Football League. I wish that, and maybe they're just in agreement with this on Tomlin, but I wish that they would draft guys at the position that they want them at and play them immediately and reap the rewards. Like I know that Joey Porter Jr. never hit the rookie wall because they kind of slow build him, but maybe you win a game or two earlier on in the season if he's able to make a play that your other corners can't. Broderick Jones is a left tackle. You foresee him as your left tackle. Then play him at left tackle and let him learn on the job. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't make much sense to me. No, I, I totally agree with that, and especially if you're a top pick. And 
doesn't really matter the position except for maybe quarterback and you want to slow play that a little bit but if you're a tackle or a corner or you know a, a rush end like you should play immediately like that's that you are the top of the top like so you should be the most ready that that means you're the most ready player in college football to go in and play in the NFL if you're the most ready player and you're worthy of a first round pick and I could see the discussion maybe back and forth with quarterback, maybe not being the case. But any other position, you should start right away. I don't care if you're a first-round pick. You should start right away. Well, I here's the other thing, Doran. He's not this kind of guy. But I'd be ticked off if I were Broderick Jones. Like, way ticked off. Because he probably thought he's going to be a left tackle at the NFL level. They've slow played him. I know that... Omar said yesterday that eventually they think he's going to be that guy, but time will tell. That means that they're at least open to the possibility that somebody else could be their left tackle. If I'm him, I'm ticked off because I want to make money, mm-hmm. and I think I'm good enough, and I never got the shot to be good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they stick him at right tackle. If they draft a left tackle, he's probably thinking, they never gave me the chance. What if this guy should be the right tackle and I should be the left, but I did so well at right tackle and our running game jumped that now I'm just pigeonholed here. And when I hit the open market in a couple of years, if I don't get an extension, or even if I get an extension, they're not going to be paying me left tackle money. Right. I'd be furious if I'm him or the agent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this whole Dan Moore thing, I just don't get. I don't know what they see in him. And their evaluation of offensive linemen— Cheap. Yes and no. I mean, the dollars and cents wouldn't have made any difference last year midseason, you know? Like, you'd have, you're still paying him the same amount of money one way or the other. And they actually benched the most expensive guy they got in Chuk Sakura for it. Well, it's, it's a cheap option. I mean, what is he? He's he on his rookie deal, right? Oh, yeah. It's a cheap option if they go into next year with Dan Moore Jr. at left. And tackle. last year. <laughs> yeah, just going into the season that way. Yeah. That's why they're doing it. And it's like, oh, he's just good enough. That's how they operate. They lost out really now when you look at it on the guy that went to Los Angeles the left guard Dotson Dotson he's maybe not a prized free agent that that word might be too strong he's gonna be a coveted guy in free agency the Rams want him back there whoever was speaking for them said the other day I don't think McVay went to the combine no he didn't I think he's one of the few coaches who didn't go to the combine I think if Dotson was still here and he was about to embark on this new offense, I think that you would get the production that he did last year with the Rams in the new offense. I think the whole offense was just messed up for everybody, and that messed him up a lot. Yeah, he, more of a gap guy than a zone guy, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, either or, but I just think that the whole scheme was just off for everybody. And I think that this is a more cleaner scheme that kind of fits his kind of MO as a guard. I felt really good about how last offseason went with them at the offensive line position because – I think we've got a lot of faith in Andy Weidel and what he was able to help build in Philadelphia. And they built in the trenches. And so they get Herbig, who's a guy he was familiar with. They get Sayamalu, a guy, obviously, that he was familiar with. But letting go of Dotson and mismanaging their tackle situation, now it has my it has my evaluation on their evaluation of offensive linemen kind of in doubt right now. You think your best option at left tackle is Dan Moore Jr.? And one of the best guards in the league he turns into, you let him you let him go and you get basically nothing in return. Mm-hmm. You get a late-round draft pick. 
I'm concerned that they don't know what they're doing now on the offensive line. I'm not going to write them off. Like, Andy Weidel's got a really good reputation, but I do have question marks about it now. How can you not have question marks about it? And Sam Alu probably didn't perform as well, at least early in the season, as we thought that he could. I have concerns. Massive concerns. Like, even, I think Dan Moore Jr. on last year's team should have been the sixth the sixth guy. Yes. The third tackle. Like, I think they probably would have been better off with Chooks at right and Broderick at left. And I think they've been butchering it. 412-928-9370. Coming up next, Penguins lose last night. And there's a guy that I think is, his days are numbered here in Pittsburgh. And I think that became more obvious even upon watching last night's game. We'll tell you who that is and why coming up next. But first... It's a callous. Oh, dang it, I did it. It's a Bechtold fan headline. I'm Austin Bechtold with your fan headlines. Pirates today against the Tampa Bay Rays. 1 o'clock, Mitch Keller will get the start. You can hear Pirates baseball tomorrow right here on 93.7 The Fan. 1 o'clock at Detroit where Rowanzi Contreras will go to the hill. Also tomorrow, Pitt basketball, 6 o'clock against Boston College. Our coverage begins right here on The Fan beginning at 5.30. And you can also listen to it on your Odyssey app. Headlines are powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Here's Adam Crowley. Thank you so much, Austin Crowley here, to tell you that you're fat. You got belly fat. You're not as strong as you once were in the gym in that lean muscle. Kiss it goodbye. I know why I don't have those things. I don't work hard enough. And I also wake up every day at 3.30. Maybe you don't know why you walk up the steps and you get out of breath. Well, you know what? Low testosterone could be your problem. And if it is, Mentality will find that out, and they'll fix it for you. Mentality is a local healthcare facility specifically dedicated to helping men feel and perform their very best. Covered by insurance, they'll give you a blood test from board-certified physicians to tell you if low testosterone is the cause of all your problems. Again, if it is, they'll fix it. Here's the other thing. If it's not, they'll point you in the right direction to help you with your problems. Check them out. Mentality. Go to the website, lowtusa.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We go off the rails a ton on this show. 
I would put today up there with with just about any show we've done in terms of the amount of things that we've talked about and probably the frequency with which we've talked about things we probably shouldn't talk about. On and off the air. Oh, I, oh off, off the, the air. Yeah, off the air. Oh, hey. We've been flying today. The show is going too fast. Ever since we walked in the building, honestly. Ever since we walked in, around 4.30, we were just... Boom. We're on like a, one. We're like a rocket going into space. That's right. Just like Dogecoin. Just a rocket ship <laughs> to the moon. Rocket Dogecoin. ship right up to the moon. And that kid from Texas Tech doesn't believe that that rocket ship is going to the moon. He believes, well, neither of those things exist. Where would it be going? Where does he think it's going? That's the, that's qu- the question. That's the question. You ever looked out the window of a plane? Like yeah. These flat earthers. Oh, the earth is flat. Look out the window of a plane. And what? What do you see? Curvature of the earth. Kyrie Irving thinks the world is flat. If you're flying over Nebraska, <laughs> what does it look like whenever you look out of the window of a plane? Corn. Flat. Looks like a lot of mediocre college football seasons stacked upon each other. <laughs> a lot of planes. Nebraska corn Oscars. We're going to tell you about a Pittsburgh Penguin that this guy's days are absolutely numbered. And if it wasn't obvious before last night, oh my God, is it obvious now. But before we do that, since we're chasing the shiny object today, let's take some phone calls about what I'm not sure. 412-928-9370, Mike in Fort Wayne, hello. Hey, good morning, guys. I I really feel like the Dotson situation opens up, a, really exposes some things. And I take that to the defensive line because I feel like these players are not being utilized to um, take advantage of their skill set. Um, you know, they're constant conversation. Oh, Ogan Joby underperform. Oh, Loudermill underperform. Leo underperform. Maybe these guys aren't built for a three man in front. See, I, I'll take it a different way. Doran, you give your, you're the no, football I mean, guy. That, that's a great point. You know, a lot of guys on the Steelers that have been drafted in the last whatever years have been out of position. I mean, we're we're talking. I mean, look, Kendrick Green, out of position. A lot of guys. Pat Fryermuth at times. I, I know he's a tight end, but he's asked to do things. He's it's not in his skill set. That's a great point. I think it's an evaluation thing more than it is a coaching thing, because Kyle Carl Dunbar is as respected a defensive line guy as you're going to find. You know, he was at Alabama. Uh, John Mitchell. He was learning under him. John Mitchell before him was one of the most respected defensive line guys. If these guys are failing, I don't put it on the coaching. I put it on the scouting and putting putting square pegs in round holes. I can see that, and maybe in the scheme. So, like, Dunbar really doesn't have anything to do with the scheme. Like, the individual coaches, they can get the most out of players. Correct. But they can't. They only can get the most out of what the scheme is. You know, like, they, they can get the most out of the development and t- telling guys how to do things and do it the, this way, that way, and teaching them. But you can only play within the scheme, and if you're out of place in the scheme – even though you think that this player is a good player, like I, I think that it might be an actual low-key issue with the Steelers on both sides of the ball. Well, and they've been trying to find guys that can come up behind Cam Hayward, and they have been striking out on them. Like I thought Loudermilk really had promise. I didn't think he was all that good last year, and that might be an understatement. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. A couple more calls on the line before we get to that Penguins topic. I, I also do want to interject this, like. Losing out on Dotson whenever one of the key criticisms of the Steelers the last few years has been offensive line, that none of us thought that was a big blow at the time. Now it looks like a massive blow. Like the Penguins want to keep getting younger, and they need center depth, and they need bottom six depth, and then they don't protect Jared McCann. Like I look at those things fairly similarly. You need offensive line help. Oh, let's just give one away for basically free. Oh, you need 
center depth and you need a young player who's fast, who can back check and score goals. Yeah, let's just not protect Jared McCann. Those, those kind of things drive you up a wall. Mm-hmm. Chad and Hopewell, hello. Hey, guys. Uh, <clears throat> I just wanted to talk about the uh, Pirates and their starting pitching. And um, Trevor Bauer, who's still out there. I would love to see Trevor Bauer come to the Pirates. He's got, uh, I think he could be a little AJ, AJ Burnett-esque. Um, I think if Paul Skeens is half the guy, you know, everybody thinks he is. They're, they're... Nah, your phone stinks. Oh, it's Chad, one of my buddies. Recognize his voice right away. I would also like to tell Chad, feel free to clear your throat before we come We come to you on the air. Yeah. Yeah, just clear it. Yeah. He's usually a savvy guy, too. Ah, we're taking calls uh, right. when we're talking to the other guy <clears throat> so that you don't have to do it on the air. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we got a guy calling up about the moon conspiracy, Vic and Hazelwood, one of our favorite callers. Hello, Vic. What's up, fellas? Hey, look, man, this is coming from somebody who believes in the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus. But listen, how in the heck did Neil Armstrong or Lance Armstrong, whatever one of the Armstrong brothers, <laughs> ended up on the moon? L- listen, bro, seriously. They said he was the first man on the moon, and if you see the footage, he's jumping off of the thing and he's bouncing up and down and stuff, all that stuff. Well, if he was the first man to step foot on the moon, who set up that camera? <laughs> that, that, no, seriously, who set it up? I'm being serious. Who set up that camera, man? You know, come on, man. Nobody went to the moon because all they bring back is rocks and sand. I can go down to the beach to get some sand and some gravel place to get some rocks. Vic, I've been in the moon. Vic, I I need to ask you one one question. Can you please, every Friday at around 9.39, call us and give us your takes? I certainly will. Heck, yeah. Not a problem. Thank you, Vic. Whatever takes you. My man, I right, have a good one. You too. Peace. I, I think Vic's I think Vic's argument would have carried a little bit more weight if he didn't think that Lance Armstrong raced in the Tour de Moon. <laughs> Lance Armstrong, Neil Armstrong, whatever. whichever one it is, whichever one it is, one of the brothers. He said, yeah, brother. gravity on the moon. <laughs> man, we are chasing the shiny object today so much so that I blew my tease. I blew it. I blew it. We'll come back. We'll tell you which penguin is definitely going to get moved before the deadline. It became obvious last night. Lance, Neil, <laughs> whatever. One of them Armstrong. Armstrongs. Comfort Solutions, maybe. Is that who it was? Is it the cable? Is it that catering place? <laughs> the catering place. The Italian place. Oh, man. Fan Morning Show kickoff brought to you by Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Reserve your consultation today at awaken180weightloss.com. I promise we'll tell you which Penguins going to be traded. Coming up next. First, a Beck D fan headline. Penguins lost 2-0 to the Seattle Kraken last night. It broke off a three-game winning streak for the Pens, currently in the midst of a West Coast road of a West Coast road trip. And the Penguins still seventh place in the Metropolitan Division standings, eight points back of a wild card spot. Headlines powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. I'm always weary of opening the front door to people who are out waiting outside our lobby for security reasons. So there were two people huddled huddled around the door, and I came back from my 15th urination break of the day. And I'm like, I hate when this happens. Mm -hmm. I'm the guy at the door, and I got to let them in. I was surprised that you let them in before I saw who you let in. Yeah, and I said to this person, oh, I know you. You're not a security threat. Let them right in. Lanny for Terry. Yeah. The God. Great, the great Lanny Frater. Legend. So Bill Hillgrove retires from Steelers broadcast yesterday, and so we were talking play-by-play. Here he is. Lanny. 
Who who is Lanny? It? Lanny, right behind us, oh. right behind me. We gotta get well, on. Now I have to con- now I have to compliment Lanny for Terry in front of Lanny for Terry. Can we give Lanny a mic? Can he come in here? Is he willing to do that, or did he just pop there out of the studio? Here he comes. Nice. Lanny for Terry, the great Lanny for Terry coming in here. You don't care who the Penguins are trading. We'll talk about that on Monday. Let's blow the tease again. Legendary Pirates broadcaster Lanny for Terry joins us now. Lanny, hello. With my new buddy Doran Dickerson. We're, we hang out and do all the banquets together now. Yes, right, we Doran? do. Huh? Look at that. Yeah. How so how you been? Well, I'm doing great, thank you. I, I, I have emceed a uh, banquet up in Mercer County for 40 years. And uh, and it was this past January, and Doran was our guest speaker. We had a great time. Was that the first time you met each other? Yeah, it was. Yes. 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 You made quite the impression, Doran. Well, you know, hey. Trying to, try to uh, follow the best. It's, it's a tough job to do, so. Well, now I'm going to compliment you right to your face. I'm sure you've heard this a million times, but the soundtrack of the Pirates in my childhood was, there was no doubt about it. <laughs> Can you drop one for us? Are you allowed to do that? Um... I'm deeply in love with that woman that I just came in the door with, and there's no doubt about it. Let's go! Let's go! You know what, lady? While we have you here, I just want to... So, Bill Hillgrove, retiring from Steelers. I'm glad you brought that up. And thoughts. I'll just leave it at that. Well, I talked to Bill yesterday, and and I also talked to Jack Hillgrove, Bill's grandson, who was a graduate of Waynesburg University, and uh, it was a really uh, um, memorable day for the Hillgroves because Jack had the opportunity... To interview his grandson yesterday, and um, and all of that, I guess, from what Jack was telling me, is going to be, you know, put together uh, wow. and featured throughout Western Pennsylvania. Um, I I strongly believe that um, uh, Bill Hillgrove is even a better person than he is a broadcaster, and that's saying an awful lot about him. Um, you know, those of us that have had thirty some years with a team, you know, we understand how difficult it can be at times to pull away. Uh, that you know that uh, it's time to, uh, to to step aside, and um, and yet Bill, uh, I, I know uh, from talking to him, and and also from having lived some of the light that he's lived, is that there's you never take you never lose those memories, you never lose those contacts that you've had, and the most gratifying thing for for any of us that are part of a sports team, is that you are always running into people that are ready to share their memories with you because you've you know you've been in their homes you've been in their hearts and that that's so gratifying that's so wonderful the one that always comes to my mind whenever i think about you lanny is when rob mccoyak's son was born and he had it was the double header and i think craig wilson hit hit one off the foul pole that night and just your call of that was unbelievable well um one of the challenges uh, for a sportscaster is to uh, you you don't you don't you don't know what's going to happen. That's the excitement of it, and yet you hope that when something significant happens, that your mind works in such a way that you come up with the correct phrase. I, I teach my students at Waynesburg. It's not about quality. It's not about quantity. It's about quality. I teach them to be clear and concise. Uh, the great sportscasters are the ones that call that moment and then sit out. You know, Vince Scully once said that when he called the Hank Aaron home run that broke the record, after he called the home run, he got out of his chair and walked to the back of the broadcast booth so that the crowd could could now em- embrace the moment. And And I'm afraid that too many young broadcasters today they believe that when that moment happens, they need to just talk and talk. Matter of fact, I felt that Tony Romo ruined yeah. 
ruined the Jim Nance call of the Super Bowl winning play because that is not the moment for the color guy. That is the moment for the play-by-play guy, and, and, and he ruined it. And it happens too many times now in sports. When people talk to me about some of the great calls I've had, what I think about is the fact that I had color analysts that understood that when Mark Smith hit the home run after the Cordova Rincon no hitter, I said, home run, no hitter, you got it all. I didn't have a partner that was in my way. He let me take the moment. And, you know, another thing, if you, if, if you doubt my, my wisdom in this, in this regard, go back and listen to Marty Brenneman's call of the Pete Rose hit that broke the record. Mm. Unfortunately, Joe Nuxall is screaming and hollering during the call. And so that, that call, nobody knows what Marty Brenneman was saying because there's all this screaming and hollering going on. You know, you have made a big impression on guys like Austin Bechtold. I mean, this Syracuse puts a bunch of people into this oh, industry. Don't give, me, don't give me Syracuse, uh, okay? Uh, don't give me Syracuse. Waynesburg. It's a Syracuse it of is. this area. Waynesburg University has one of the best sports broadcasting no programs in the country. And, um, by the way, if you ever want to have fun sometime, sit down with Austin and talk to him about all the times I yelled at him. <laughs> You're a, you're a yeller, Lanny. Oh, I'm a yeller. He's a yeah. yeller. Um, yeah. Because when I have a student that I know is talented and that I know gets it, understands it, and then they make mistakes or they turn away from some of the some of the principles that are a core to sportscasting, um, it'd be like a coach. You got you got you know you got a player that isn't isn't with the game plan. You need to yell. You need to scream and holler at him. But but he knows. At least Austin knows. That I only did. I only screamed and yelled at him because I care about it. Well, then I I think I think you would be proud of his call from right. the other night, the Baldwin game. Actually, I want to play this for you. We got to get Lanny right some headphones. We, so what we're gonna do is we got to play this. This is inside baseball here. We're gonna play it. We all gonna turn our microphones off real quick so Lanny can okay. hear it here okay. in the studio. All right, here all right. we go. Bechtold's final call, the Baldwin game from the other night. I'm trying to find my button so I can hit it at the same time as his other button. So Na will throw it in. Six-point game. Lukic throws it in. Three-pointer up. Dopperak off the mark for the first time in 21 years. The Baldwin Fighting Highlanders have won a playoff game in the first ever home playoff game in Baldwin basketball history. So we actually cut the clip off there, Lanny, but to Austin's credit, he then let it breathe afterwards. If... if and here's the thing, if you call it right, then then you've said it all. You do, you don't have to, you know. But I I maintain that whenever you hear a play-by-play announcer call a play, and then continue to talk, it it says to me that the announcer doesn't believe he has called it correctly, and he's now trying to make up for what he missed. But if you call it right, if you call it right, you say it, you do it. You know the the Brian Giles Grand Slam that oh. that time when we were down seven runs with two outs in the ninth inning, you know. and again you you hope without preparing um, to a point. Uh, but I must admit to you, having said that, by the way, um, I never. Wh- whenever I think I'm going to be close to a microphone, I think about what I want to do. Now it's not premeditated, mm-hmm. but even coming here today. Okay, I thought, I wonder if I'll get on the air somewhere, okay? 
And if I do, you know, where where should my head be? What should I be? And you brought up the Bill Hillgrove thing. And, and by the way, let me let me tell you this in light of that, okay, that I have been thinking about who's the logical replacement for Bill Hillgrove, okay? Not that it's my job, but let me give you a couple candidates. Yeah, okay? please do. The number one guy that has the most radio play-by-play experience, and by the way, most people forget that there is a dramatic difference between television play-by-play and radio play-by-play. The guy that has the most experience is Tony Caridi in West Virginia. And there is a precedent for a West Virginia announcer being the voice of the Steelers with, with Jack Plunk. Yep. Okay. Rob King, one of the best sportscasters in Pittsburgh, if not the best. Uh, Rob has shown tremendous versatility in his time here in, in Pittsburgh. Bob Hoppiani, contacts with the Steelers, his knowledge of the Steelers. I'll give you a couple of wild cards. Wouldn't it be great if at some point Jack Hillgrove became a legitimate candidate, though I don't, I, to be honest, doubt whether Jack's ready right now. Sure. Okay. Matter of fact, when Jack was at Waynesburg, I used to kid him. I'd say, Jack, you're going to be an NFL broadcaster sometime, but it's going to probably be for the Cleveland Browns. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll give you another dark horse candidate, Josh Roundtree. Wow. Josh wow. Roundtree has become yeah. uh, an outstanding broadcaster um, over the last several years, and I know that because I've worked with Josh on Trib Live High School Sports and um, done a tremendous job of growing as a broadcaster and evolving as a broadcaster. Lanny, thank you so much for spending time yeah. with us today. It's a great thrill. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thank you. Appreciate You're it. Thank you. You're the man. That's the great Lanny for Terry. It's Riley Smith. That's the guy the Penguins are going to trade. There we go. That's called go. paying off a tease, Doran Dickerson. Thanks again, Lanny. Thank you. Good stuff, Becky. What do you say we do it again next week? He's already pacing back and forth in the hallway. He's ticked off. We've taken this show very long. That was awesome. It bit me. What's in my crotch? 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. It is Joe Starkey and Paul Zeiss coming up next. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet and McMurray. Save some green in March at Sun Chevy or sunchevy.com. Hi, 54. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.